very close to his ear and whispered with what sounded like a teasing smile, feel free to enjoy this. He could still feel the caressing sound of her voice and smell the minty tic-tac of her breath as a tsunami of bliss shot between his crotch and brain with such force that his eyes shut of their own accord and a reflexive primal groan filled the room. The assembled technicians tittered, but he couldn't have cared less. Uh, maybe you should run that test again, he gasped after catching his breath, half joking and half begging, but there was no response. The technicians disappeared into the anonymity of their work once again. As the tingles receded and his pulse normalized, his thoughts migrated to his wife Jen, and from her to the kids and the way they each looked as he hugged them goodbye at the airport just a few hours ago, Jen cautiously hopeful, Rachel annoyed, Josh with his ever-enthusiastic smile. It seemed a ridiculous proposition. Why would a man voluntarily agree to spend two years living in total isolation, selling blood and other body fluids to laboratories, especially when some of those materials were going to be extracted from his own body? When Jen showed him the advertisement on their morning news display, they laughed at the absurdity of it. They opened the link as a joke, and the holographic advertisement that rose from the screen delivered the usual saccharine testimonials from regular people, just like them, whose lives had been transformed by the freedom they had earned after just two short years of dedicated service to Qualab. Debts had been paid, education and health care for their children assured, Work in their senior years was less onerous and more fulfilling. Yeah, right, Jonathan had smirked. Since the great change 19 years earlier, Americans had learned to trust their own instincts and no one else. The freedom to make your own decisions, right or wrong, without government agencies guiding you or interfering in the process, had been one of the primary promises of the revolution. Companies had been freed of federal regulation, able to market their goods and services as they saw fit. The consumer now had the right and responsibility to separate fact from fiction. The same applied to employees. There were no more government watchdogs, no publicly funded filters, no mandated health care, no big brother watching out for you. If a company promised great pay and superior benefits only to deliver endless hours of boredom, abusive management, and delayed or missed paychecks, the free market would straighten it all out eventually. The free market had replaced God and government as the court of final appeals, the great leveler that ensured justice would be done. You don't need a union or some politician in Washington telling you what you can or can't do at work, Enrico Prima had declared. You're an adult. Enrico Prima, known universally as Ricky, was the masterminding engineer behind the great change. Though he was a powerful political speaker, he never sought elected office himself, never chose to wear the mantle of government power. He understood better than anyone that once the great change had achieved its mission, those running the government shell that remained would be more or less irrelevant caretakers, national figureheads whose primary job was to stay out of the way. The real power would reside elsewhere. Contracts! Ricky would declare. Contracts are the heart of freedom. Make your best deal. Stand up for yourself. Negotiate your own destiny. 
With a contract, you have the leverage to control your life. The assumption was that both parties in the negotiation were free to agree or not. Any inequality of power between the job seeker in need of work and the employer behind a desk asking questions, backed by an army of lawyers and accountants who wrote and enforced the contracts, was irrelevant. The principle is what counted. The strong should get stronger. The weak should get out of the way. It was the natural order of things. The great change had transformed the country like a rainstorm bringing life to fallow fields after years of drought, or, if you preferred, like a frenzy of bloodthirsty sharks feeding on the carcass of a wounded democracy. It all depended on your point of view. In the course of one election cycle, either 80 years of socialist tampering with the purity of market capital.